0: Radio UNE, the time is 7 o'clock, which means it's time for Way Back When, episode 16, as I look back at some of the best music from 1985. That was the incredible Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive here on episode 16 of Way Back When where I'm going to be playing some of the best music from 1985. I hope you're doing very, very well and thank you so much as always for joining me tonight. I hope that you enjoy tonight's show. We've got some great music coming up from 1985 and as always I really, really hope that your week has been as pleasant as possible. I know it's still been some turbulent times over the past week, especially if you do live down in Victoria. But again, all I can say is you have my sympathies. We will get through this together. We just need to ride the wave out. And I hope, I really do hope that I can give you a little bit of a distraction or a little bit of happiness in this wonderful Saturday afternoon. It's been a bit cold up here in Armadale, actually. We got a bit of a thunderstorm earlier, but it's still been a good week overall here weather-wise. It's been nice and cold and rainy, which I'm a big fan of, although I do need to do some washing so maybe not for too, too much longer. And it is isn't expected that we're going to have a lot of sun next week, so it looks to be turning a corner. Yes, that was You Spin Me Round, parentheses like a record by Dead or Alive, the band started by Steve Coy and Pete Burns. They, I won't say they are a one-hit wonder because I think that's a bit unfair, but it is definitely their signature song, released off of their Youthquake album. We turn from one signature song to another now. Although this is certainly more of a one-hit wonder, I won't say they're entirely a one-hit wonder. But this song coming up is definitely Aha's signature song. Aha, a Norwegian synth-pop band, uh, released their album. Uh, Hunting High and Low in 1985, their debut album featuring Take On Me, a song that was incredibly popular, sweeping across the charts, and in fact even becoming popular in North Korea, where interestingly enough uh, it's quite a popular and common occurrence over there for people to play this particular song on the accordion. Again, a little bit of interesting trivia for you. Take On Me by AHA coming up next on Way Back When, episode 16, looking at the best music from 1985. That was Take On Me by AHA, a very catchy song and one of the best songs from 1985 in my humble opinion. We're going to play an Australian song up next, a very, very famous Australian song, one that is commonly associated with, I guess, um promiscuousness and, I guess, exploring female sexuality, it is a very, very catchy tune by The Divinals. The Divinals are com- primarily consisted of uh, guitarist Mark Mintinty, I do apologize there uh, for mispronouncing his name, Mickinty, and of course, Chrissy Amphlett, who sadly is no longer with us after passing away in 2013 from breast cancer. The Divinals had a quite a few successful songs, especially here in their native Australia, including this one coming up next, Pleasure and Pain, which came off the second album, What a Life, released in 85 and in 2018 it was ranked number 43 in the Aussest 100, the most Australian songs of all time. As I said before it is commonly associated with female sexuality and promiscuousness which is certainly not a bad thing at all and indeed Australians seem to think so as well. This pe- this peaked at number 11 in the charts and number 8 in the New Zealand charts and it's still remembered fondly to this day. This is Pleasure and Pain by the Divinals coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Way Back When episode 16. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM and that was the Divinals with Pleasure and Pain on Way Back When episode 16 looking back at the best music from 1985. Tune FM's been around for 50 years and we certainly hope we will be around for another 50 and hopefully in 50 years time there'll be someone else doing the best songs from the last 100 years of Tune FM's existence. Who knows? Moving on to an English duo Wham! that is of course consisting of George Michael, may he rest in peace, and Andrew Ridgely. They were one of the most commercially successful acts of the entire 1980s decade. From 1982 to 1986 alone, they sold more than 30 million records worldwide and we played Careless Whisper last week, one of George Michael's best songs, and here we have another famous George Michael song released as part of Wham, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. It is a fantastic little catchy tune, very very dance poppy, and it actually was written by George Michael, who didn't really have too too much to say about the development of the song. He just said he wanted to make an energetic pop record that has the, that had the best elements of fifties and sixties records combined with Wham's attitude towards music, and this is what he came up with. It is interesting to note that Andrew Ridgeley had scribbled a note for his parents, intended to read "Wake me up before you go," but "up" was accidentally written twice, and that's where uh, Ridgeley and then Ridgely uh, wrote "go" twice on purpose as well so the original i guess inspiration for the song was wake me up up before you go go that turned into this song very very catchy i hope that you enjoy wake me up before you go go by wham coming up next on way back when episode 16 this is tune fm (laughs) 106.9 listening to way back when episode 16 as we look back at some of the best music from 1985 this is Tune FM 106.9 and you just heard wake me up before you go go by the amazing English duo Wham turning now to another new wave sort of poppy act Katrina and the waves Katrina and the waves would release their first full length album in 1983 however they would also release an album in 1985 containing walking on sunshine a re-recorded version of walking on sunshine that became their first top 40 hit it reached number four here in Australia and became their biggest Biggest success in the United Kingdom for the next 10 years. It was originally conceived of as a ballad, however frontwoman Katrina L- Leskinich decided to belt out the song in a more upbeat sort of style, so it turned from a ballad to more of a pop rock sort of hit, which I think is quite interesting. It has done exceptionally well ever since it was released. They've made a lot of royalties from airplane advertisements through the use of this particular song, and it has been certified gold and platinum in numerous countries. A very, very successful little tune, it does exemplify the 1980 it is quite well, so I do hope that you enjoy it. Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, coming up next on Wayback Way in episode 16. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves, a very, very catchy little hit that really does exemplify what the 1980s music scene was all about. I'm going to turn now to a movie soundtrack. In 1985, the film St. Elmo's Fire was released. If you have not seen it, I recommend that you check it out. It's a very, very good coming-of-age film, and it uh, contained the song St. Elmo's Fire Man in Motion, a song by British singer John Parr, definitely his signature song. It was uh, um, amazingly his first uh, number one hit on the US Billboard Hot 100. It peaked at number six in his home country of the UK, and it also swept across, uh, swept number one across the charts all over the world. Here in Australia, it made it up to number four, and it actually, in some cases, has been seen to be more famous and more popular than the movie that it is from. It gave him a Grammy nomination as well, and it was created and edited within 24 hours. So, there you go. A very, very little interesting song coming up next. It's a very, very uh, hard rock song, which I really, really do like. I like it when you have hard rock tracks on uh movie soundtracks i think that it really does give them a bit more oomph and i wish more people would do it so we have st elmo's fire otherwise known as man in motion by john parr coming up next on way back when episode 16 you're listening to TuneFM on 106.9 You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM and you just heard John Parr with St. Elmo's Fire from the 1985 movie of the same name. I'm turning now to hard rock band Kiss who still uh, experienced a bit of struggling in 1985 as I've said before in this show. The 1980s were not a strong period of time for the band they had their peak in the late 1970s before they would depart uh, before band members Ace Fraley and Peter Chris would depart and in 1980s they sort of rotated through uh, guitarists and drummers until they had a bit more success in the 90s but the 80s was a very strenuous period for the band, but they would still have a few little nuggets of success here and there, including this song coming up from the 1985 album Asylum. Again, a little bit more of a uh, diversion from their usual sound. This album focused more on glam metal, while still uh, maintaining a bit of hard rock elements. This is the one, I guess, big hit from this album. It still retains its place on live shows even today, and it's quite melancholic and lamenting, which I do quite like in a rock band. Its tears are falling. The track was written and sung entirely by Paul Stanley Kiss's frontman and it would be his last individual composition until 2006. It has been included in many Kiss compilations including the 2014 compilation Kiss 40 and it enjoyed minor success when it was released as a single, peaking at number 20 on the hot, on the Billboard's Hot Rock Tracks and 51 on the Billboard Hot 100 while peaking at 57 in the UK Singles Chart. It's certainly not a big hit in terms of what they used to but it was probably the biggest hit they could expect from an album of this nature. It is still a very very good song I hope that you enjoy it I know I certainly do please enjoy Tears Are Falling by Kiss on Way Back When episode 16 you're listening to TuneFM FM on 106.9 <laughs> You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM and that was the lamenting rock track Tears Are Falling by Kiss on Way Back When episode 16. We're coming now to arguably the biggest power ballad of all time certainly up there along the best of the best. I am a huge sucker for power ballads and this one is an absolute doozy. I Want to Know What Love Is by the British American rock band Foreigner. This is arguably their biggest hit of all time. It hit number one in both the UK and the US and it is the biggest critical and commercial hit to date for the band. It remains arguably their signature song and it is a very enduring radio hit. It's charted in the top 25 even through 2000 to 2002 and it continues to garner critical acclaim. It's a soft rock track, as I said most power ballads are. It has been covered numerous numerous times but the original swept through uh, the number one spots again on the charts as a few songs have done from tonight's show including here in australia where it reached number one and it actually finished at number five on the year-end chart of 1985 which is pretty successful and it goes for just over four uh, five minutes so there's not really much else to say except i want to know what love is so let's get straight into it this is foreign art you're about to hear i want to know what love is and you're listening to way back when episode 16 on TuneFM 106.9 You're listening to Way Back When, episode 16, and that was I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner, here on TuneFM 106.9. It's time for a cover song now. I know I like to play cover songs every now and again, as sometimes a cover song can actually become more successful than the original, and I think this next one has quite a a claim to that uh, particular fact. This is Dancing in the Street, but I'm not going to play the original that was recorded in 1964 by Martha and the Vandellas, but instead the very well known cover version by David Bowie and Mick Jagger. The duo combined two record the song in 1985 to raise money for the live aid famine relief cause of course, Live Aid was an incredible uh, moment for music. Here, anyone who has seen the David Bowie, uh, not the David Bowie, excuse me, the Queen performance from Live Aid knows exactly what I'm talking about. The note heard around the world still remains one of the most hair-raising moments in concert history. It was an incredibly successful event, as created by Bob Gildorf, and it arguably featured Queen's best live performance of all time. It was an incredibly successful concert, and if it was up to me, I probably would have dedicated this entire show to it. Sadly, I was unable to, but... Do keep in mind, and just trust me when I say it is an inc- it was an incredible event in live music history and it was an incredible success for the charity that it was meant to benefit. So it was just an all round spot-on effort by everyone involved. And those people do include David Bowie and Mick Jagger. The original plan was actually to perform the song live with Bowie performing at Wembley Stadium in London and Jagger performing at the John F. Kennedy Stadium over in America, more specifically uh, over in uh, South, Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, excuse me, getting a bit tongue-tied there, but the satellite link-up would have caused a delay that would have made it impossible to do. So they recorded it instead, they released it, and profits from the song went straight to the charity in question, which is just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It, cha- it topped the UK singles chart for four weeks, and it reached number seven on the US Billboard Hot 100, and it would—they would they would only perform the song once more at the Prince's Trust concert the next year in 1986. The song has been featured on several David Bowie compilations and it was voted as the 8th best collaboration of all time in a Rolling Stone poll in 2011. There's not really much else to say about it, so let's get straight into this pop rock infectious dance track. Dancing in the Street by David Bowie and Mick Jagger is coming up next on Way Back When episode 16. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
1: To cross the nation A chance my folks the meat laughing and singing And music swinging Dancing in the street Philadelphia, PA
0: You're listening to Way Back When, episode 16, and that was Dancing in the Street, the very catchy cover by David Bowie and Mick Jagger to benefit the Live Aid Relief Cause. Coming up next, we're going to have a song that's not actually a cover, but written for a soundtrack. Of course, we had St. Elmo's Fire early on in the show, but now we're going to have a song by Scottish rock band Simple Minds. It was written and composed not by the band, but by instead Keith Forsey and Steve Schiff, who were scoring The Breakfast Club. Of course, The Breakfast Club, another famous coming-of-age movie, a very, very tremendously successful movie and a fantastic movie if you have not seen The Breakfast Club I would thoroughly recommend that you go and do so, it is a masterpiece of cinema anyway, when they were st- scoring uh, the movie in question, both were fans of Simple Minds and they actually wrote the song with the band in mind however the band would originally politely decline the offer of the song despite 4 enthusiasm for them and desire for them to play it because they were, simply re- re- they were simply reluctant to record the song as they didn't want to record cover uh, material by anyone else they wanted to record their own material only and frontman Jim Kerr was quoted as saying to the BBC in 2018, we are simple minds, we don't do songs that sound like simple minds, we are the simple minds and we do our own songs. The band relented after after persuasion from Kerr's wife and after receiving a phone call by Falsy where he reiterated how much he loved the band and wanted them to take it on. So they simply rearranged and recorded the song in three hours up in North London and according to one account the band promptly forgot about the song altogether. They thought it would simply be a throwaway song on the soundtrack to a forgettable movie. They could not have been more wrong. The song was incredibly successful, and again, the movie was even more successful. The song would chart all over the place, it managed to reach number 6 here in Australia, number 1 in the Netherlands and on the US Billboard Hot 100, before finishing, in fact, on the US Billboard Hot 100 year-end number 16 spot. It was very, as I said, prominently featured in in the movie The Breakfast Club and it was originally actually offered to Billy Idol, an interesting little, uh, I guess, uh, crossover there, who would re- decline it, although he would release his own cover version of the song a bit later, which you will hear in the coming years. But for now, please enjoy Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, up next on Way Back When, episode 16. This is TuneFM 106.9. you <laughs> You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM on Way Back When, episode 16. And that was Don't You Forget About Me by The Simple Minds. Coming up next, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen is a wonderful singer. More of a heartland rock, sort of country rock singer. He's had numerous hits over his career. This is certainly not the only time you'll hear him on this show. But in 1984, he would release his one his album, Born in the USA, which would spawn one of his best-known singles, Born in the USA. It is... a uh, rather interesting protest song against the Vietnam War it addresses the harmful effects of the Vietnam War on Americans and the treatment of Vietnam veterans upon their return home it's an ironic retort to the indifference and the i guess outright hostility in some cases in uh, with which Vietnam veterans were met upon their return home so given that that it's it's already going to be a fairly poignant song as you can imagine so for it to come out and be a really really fantastic rock track it uh, really does speak volumes as to his ability it reached number 2 here in Australia, it made it to number one over in New Zealand, and on the US Billboard Hot 100, it peaked at number nine. Uh, anti-war songs do have a special place in my heart. I'm particularly quite uh, critical of war, that's for sure. Excuse me. And in actual fact, it's actually spawned a few political reactions. The super... Uh, of course, being in Native America, the uh, reactions were mixed in terms of the political messages and the themes of the song. Ronald Reagan actually added, alluded to it in one of his speeches in 84. He would reference Bruce Springsteen about this song, um, which again is quite remarkable. You wouldn't really think a president would do that. So, that being said, I'm not going to dive too, too much into the reactions, either on the conservative or progressive side of things over in America. As you can imagine, it was pretty mixed, and both sides had an opinion that were different from each other's. That's all I really say about that. But, disregarding the political responses from the song, and disregarding, I guess, the responses to the anti-war themes heavily present throughout the song, the track itself is still very, very fantastic, so I hope that you enjoy it. Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen will be coming up next on Way Back When, episode 16. This is TuneFM 106.9. That was born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, a fantastic anti-war protest song against the Vietnam War and the conditions that the Vietnam War, the Vietnam veterans were subjected to, both in the war and upon their return to American shores. So normally this would be where I announce the last show, uh, the last song of the night, of course, because I tend to have a bit more of a rock, uh, heavy end to the show. That's generally how I like to format this show, but. We're going to differ a little bit now. I'm actually going to go back to a new wave sort of poppy track just before we go to the last song, and that's because this song is also a protest song, and I guess I just wanted to reinforce the notion of anti-war Rhetoric tonight, given that things are becoming increasingly volatile in different spots all across the world. So I'm going to have another protest song coming up next, an anti-war song. It's by Culture Club, and it and it was on their album "Waking Up with the House on Fire." Of course, by 1985, Culture Club would actually slowly start to decline in terms of, I guess, success and critical appeal. They released their first two albums, which were enormous hits, spawning numerously successful singles. Karma Chameleon, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, I'll Tumble for You, It's a Miracle, Church of the Poisoned Mind, just to name a few. A lot of them have actually been played on this show before. But in 1994, they would release uh, Waking Up at the House on Fire. That spawned one hit from them, one main hit, at least that is. Of course, fans of Culture Club would say that they're all hits, and I would be inclined to agree with that. But the standout was definitely The War Song. Excuse me. It became the group's 7th top 5 hit on the UK singles chart, peaking at number 2. It peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 and made it all the way up to number 2 here in Australia. It was very popular at the time, but some critics of Culture Club actually dismissed the song due to what they perceived as some weaknesses in the lyrics. Still, it still remains one of Culture Club's more well-known songs. They actually didn't play it for many, many years, but they have brought it back into their live set. And even though Boy George would joke about the song, claiming it ruined his career, I still maintain it is a very, very good Culture Club song, and I think it reinforces the anti-war rhetoric that Bruce Springsteen did in Born in the USA, albeit through a different genre and different style. So I'm going to let you be the judge. Let me know what you think. Do you think it's a good war song, a bad anti-war song? Let me know uh, your opinions on the whole thing. This is The War Song by Culture Club, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 16. This is Tune FM (laughs) 106.9. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 16, and that was The War Song by Culture Club, just to round off the anti-war rhetoric, I guess, of the last few songs of this show. You are listening to Tune FM on 106.9, and this is indeed the end of Way Back When. I thoroughly thank you all for tuning in if you did. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. I always do enjoy bringing the show to you, as I'm fond of saying, and I really do enjoy that you guys are still out there listening to me and listening to a bit of a nostalgia trip each week. Join me the same time next week at 7pm for The Best Songs of 1986, We're going to have a few debutants on that show, so make sure to give that a listen if possible. So what do you think the ending song is going to be? It's actually going to be a song that didn't do all that well successfully outside of America uh, until, I guess, later. It would become a retrospective hit. And it's by Brian Adams, someone who will appear again. He is a very successful rock singer from Canada. And this would come from his fourth album, Reckless, released in 1985. The song is about a dilemma between settling down or trying to become a rock star. I am going to play it because it is incredibly catchy, incredibly upbeat, a fantastic rock song, and very, very well-known to this day. Like I said, it didn't do too well well on the charts when it was first released only making to the only making it to the 14th spot in Australia and only making it to number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100 still in retrospect it has been come to be considered as a very very fantastic rock song it's, and it's just one of those songs that had more critical acclaim looking back on it than when it was released. So, that being said, this is the song I've chosen to end the night with. It's a very, very uh, uplifting song, I think I like to call it. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 16. Join me next week for episode 17, looking at the best music from 1986. As always, I hope that you've had a wonderful night. I hope that you have a tremendous weekend, the what's left of the weekend. And I hope that next week is as pleasant and unpleasant. I guess, painful for you as it can possibly be. I have been Ben. I'll speak with you again next week. But for now, please enjoy, to close out way back when, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. You're listening to China FM on 106.9, and I hope that you have an amazing night. Stay safe out there.
1: I got my first real six string it the five and done, Played it till my fingers bled Sixteen nine. Me and some guys from school had a band and we tried real hard. Jimmy quit, Jody. Got-